Hello and welcome to the Find Your Flow radio show podcast. I'm your host, Winston Wittes, and I'm here today with a very special episode. Today's episode is part two, Burning Man, Burning Man part two. And um, I'm watching the clock here for my time limit so I can be sure to uh, do this episode in a timely manner. But I'm going to do a lot of rambling, friend. I'll tell you that right now because this is uh, one of these things that gets me fired up. Um, a lot of really good and not so good Burning Man experiences that I want to relate to in these few episodes. This will be a short mini-series of the Find a Flow podcast, the Burning Man uh, experience for myself personally. So I was, I've been talking a lot about my first burn. And so um, so partway, you know, we've been in there for a couple of days out in the burn. And uh, my buddy Jaron and I, we, we were both like, okay, we got to go out and call our, call our women folk. And, uh, you know, get out you we had no cell phone reception out of burning man so we got to leave out to the city so we catch a bus and um there's a little bus that goes out to the city and we met some really cool people you know people who are just like normal people by day right doctors and whatnot and lawyers and uh we make it out there he calls his girlfriend i call my wife and then um you know it was like it was such a culture shock or like you're getting what so we had been at burning man for only a couple days but already it was just like such a mind warp and time warp that when we left burning man to go make the phone calls in the nearby little town little city whatever it is um it was just like holy smokes have has this been real what's been going on we were both just so we needed that time away just to kind of decompress from all the the whole experience like it was so powerful and so crazy at the same time and awesome and uh so anyway then we we made it we went back to burning man and it was still insane and awesome and i got to see lots of other so one of the other big things there is art cars these cars that are look like other things like creatures or structures and there are some that are just bumping the most awesome music with live djs and you know lights and fire fire is everywhere all sorts of cool fire exhibits fire art fire cars fire everything just imagine something and put fire shooting off of it and that's kind of what it's like and it's like elect largely electronic music all over which is fine for me not fine for everybody but there are stages and places where people are doing bands like live music so that's really cool. And so there's all sorts of theme camps. There's um, amazing theme camps, and uh, you can go and hang out and party. There's, um, yeah, just so many neat concerts and shows, and then artists that are coming through playing music, and art cars that are blasting music, and they get their own little following sometimes. Like if there's, you know, an art car with a good sound system bumping music, you'll see um, people just kind of start following it <laughs> across the playa, and it's really cool. And... So I think it was the first year I was there we, that we went out into the deep playa and uh, there's these domes, these domes, the geo, geo something domes. And I remember going in there and the music was just like, yes, this is, this is the place. And when you hear, you see these things across the desert. First of all, it's just like, what are those giant domes doing across the desert? You know, just like everything is just so crazy because it's because the venue, the the amazing desert out there is just so amazing. And you see these domes and they're bumping this crazy loud music and they're, you know, changing colors. 
and they're massive, and it's just all so surreal. And you get inside, and it's even more surreal, and it's even more crazy. And so that whole experience was was just nuts. And so anyway, um, we each kind of so Mark, Dave, and I, and Jared, we've been partying together at that point for a good while, probably five or six years. We used to go to a lot of raves back in the day, two thousand, two thousand. <laughs> 1999, 2000, 2001, I think, but 2000, the year 2000 was a big year. We we went to a lot of parties back then, and we would always, um, you know, we'd go there together, and then we would at some point say, okay, let's go explore on our own, and we'll meet back here, you know, at such and such time, roughly, or if we get lost, right? And, uh, and that was our thing. You know, at some point, we'd all kind of go off on our own. We each had our own backpacks or whatever full of, like, our water and our whatever's. And uh, we'd go explore and meet people and you just kind of like get lost in it all. And so that's, you know, eventually we did that at Burning Man. And I just remember, you know, I had my camel pack on. So I had water and I had some snacks and I had my address written on my arm so I wouldn't get too, too lost. And um, and my earplugs and my dust mask and my, you know, all my Burning Man gear. And then just boom, out into the wilderness of Burning Man. <sighs> And that's a magical thing. That's a magical thing to be able to get lost in something that big and lose oneself for me is a very spiritual, very powerful experience because all of a sudden I I was so free, right? And it was like this animalistic kind of, I'm not, you know, I don't have to be Winston that everybody knows and and tolerates <laughs> I could be just whatever I just was right I was nothing and everything and floating through the desert and fire everywhere and loud music and lights and I could blend in and disappear into all of it and uh, just dance right part of the part of the big thing too is you know for me anyway is dancing and getting into trance getting into flow states right find your flow I'm big on that right so I'd go out and find flows and follow the music that I loved and track trek across the desert and um, just stop at different random places and dance for a while and then move on to the next and just try to pick up and catch the energies of the, of the flows that I was trying to follow. And uh, it was an amazing experience. And I took notes about it um, in my journal afterward. I got home. I, we had this little mini disco ball in the chill room. So um, when I got tired of running around out in the desert, went back to the chill room and um, turned on a little disco ball and uh, journaled. Maybe I'll be able to find that journal sometime and reflect on that. But I remember um, I remember the beats, just like hearing the beats off in the distance and it never turned, it never stopped, you know, and hearing that far off sound like calling me. Like I remember kind of one night, you know, being in there by myself and just feeling like chilling and then, you know, think I was going to turn in with everyone else and then thinking like, no, it's still out there. I got to go get it. <laughs> and uh, just all the, the journeys and adventures and then, so that was kind of my first Burning Man. It was amazing. Uh, we had only gone for, oh, and then uh, the burn, the burn. So the burn is, you know, it's a big deal. That's like what the whole thing is leading up to, right? Burn the man at the end. And, and I'm going to probably butcher the history of this, but just to kind of uh, what I know about it is it's based on this, um, uh, what's it called? Um, they would burn hay or... Um, 
my mind is fuzzy. Um, they would burn like a man-made of wood, let's say, or man-made out of hay or gosh darn it. You know, it was a ritual that people before Burning Man people did that went back to um, folks that were kind of more earth-oriented and not Christianity, but you know what I'm trying to say, or you don't. Um, the kind of religion that celebrates nature much more. And uh, my gosh, it'll come to me. It'll come to me, friend. But anyway, um, pagan, gosh darn it. Pagan uh, holiday and celebration, right, of this time of year. Okay, that's what it was loosely based off of. And so anyway, by the time the burn comes around, everybody's been looking forward to this for the whole week. You know, we'd only been there four days, but we were already just like so deep in it. Um, you know, the burn's coming around and everybody in Burning Man is now making this mass migration. And there's all this fanfare and lamp lighters and fire carrier barriers and um, art cars and everybody is circling the man. And uh, then, you know, they do this thing and then they burn the man. And it was incredible. It was incredible. And there was so much anticipation. Before they burn the man, you know, everybody's gathered around. There's music from all over. There's fire. There's lights. There's everybody just getting ready. There's so much anticipation. You can just, like, feel everything was, like, electric, right? And um, one, one of my favorite little asides was, like, this group, <laughs> this group of people that was like going through the crowd with their picket signs, you know, and they're uh, they're um, protesting the burn of the man, just like save the man, save the man, you got don't burn him, he's our friend, and like you know, just like all this hilarious stuff. And this guy is standing in front of me who had been standing there for a while, just like sees this, and you could just see it's like boom, he saw his people, <laughs> and he just took off and joined them right then and there, and it was just like. It was so hilarious to me, just like, you know, when you see your, your tribe all of a sudden, and it's just like in a crowd of people, they're just speaking the same language, and you just know like instantly, oh, there they are, I've been looking for them my whole life, and I didn't even realize it, he just joined that, that all of a sudden, so that was hilarious, that cracked me up, and um, and then, you know, they get to the part where they burn the man, and it was one of the most powerful, intense things ever, and I've, so... Um, I think one thing that was really powerful for me was like, there's this sense of like, and this is just my own experience, obviously, right? The sense of, um, the edge of control, the edge of society being like, Hey, we're civil. And the edge of like, no, there's freaking anarchy here. This is, this is organized chaos. And you, it's a fine line, it's a fine line. So I have this memory when I was younger of, um, being in, uh, you know, I played baseball when I was young, and we were at the park for baseball, like a Saturday, and uh, there was a team, you know, a game going on on the on the field before us, so they were we were watching their game, and then, um, you know, kind of warming up, and I remember just kind of looking out over the horizon and seeing, you know, these people walking toward the outfield. So the outfield was kind of facing the the larger part. This was when I lived in the valley in uh, Los Angeles. And um, the one the outfield was facing kind of the bigger part of the park, and over the bigger part of the park were these people like walking toward our baseball field, and you know didn't think too much of it, but we were kind of noticing them, me and a couple of the other kids, 
And uh, then there's like, you know, two, four of them, six of them. And then all of a sudden it just seemed like a whole swarm of people wearing blue just coming up over this hill. And at some point we kind of realized like, hey, this something's happening. This is this is dangerous, right? Something Something's happening. Like we could sense it, a few of us. And, um, and we started like pointing like, hey, look at this. Something's happening. Go, you know, be aware. And uh, the kid, one of the kids in the outfield saw it too. And he ran over and grabbed the, set, the kid in the left field, went over and grabbed the kid in uh, center field's hand and like started running with it, right? They, he could tell something was happening. And all the kids on the field started running toward uh, home plate to get off the field. And we started, you know, all of a sudden the parents kind of started figuring out like, oh, something's about to go down. And, uh, you know, there's a sense of panic in these kind of situations. Hopefully you've never experienced it, but I've had a couple. And, um, and it's like when you see grownups, when you're a kid, you know, and you think grownups have it all figured out and then you see grownups in a panic, it can really, you know, it's like, oh, okay, this really is like something happening. And uh, they're like, okay, let's go, let's go. And we, they start rallying all these kids into this uh, snack bar which was like this concrete building and they pulled down the wind, you know, the steel thing and closed this and locked this in. And uh, basically what had happened was, um, you know, I don't, uh, anyway, stuff happened on the field and uh, they're, they're, you know, when they basically overtook the field and um, did what, what folks do in that situation with weapons and, um, you know, solving problems in that respect. And uh, and it was scary, you know. What I didn't see that part firsthand because they locked us, all the women and children, and some of the you know men and stuff inside this this uh, structure, right? And so um, you know they're calling the cops and trying to get that whole thing resolved, and then eventually it was. But um, but I, that was something that stuck with me was like how something can be perfectly normal every day. Hey, we're just playing baseball on a Saturday. To okay, there's. And, you know, I lived in L.A. during the riots. And, again, I wasn't personally, like, I didn't see the riots, but my grandfather did. You know, his building that he was building and working on um, was right there during the Rodney King riots and got hit with the Molotov cocktail and caught on fire. And he had to put it, him and or his crew put it out and uh, it didn't cause too much damage, but enough, right? And so this kind of, um, and then I had another, yeah, just a, enough, a few experiences in my life that for me, kind of have, I think always stuck in the back of my head like yeah okay everything's cool and normal right now and I, I want it to be that way and I believe it can remain that way and yet I know that there's certain things that can push society out of uh, civility into chaos and it can happen very quickly right it's a fragile thing this this society and this normalcy that we hold on to and many of us don't always realize how fragile it is at least in my personal experience right and so so being at burning man and seeing this fire there was like this real feeling of like like i could feel that part of me well up like the fight or flight i think is what it is right the fight or flight like i and i couldn't tell if i was going to run into the fire which sounds insane right it was like because all of a sudden as soon as the man caught on fire and then it it crashed then everybody just lost it and people just rushed it and started swarming. This is tens of thousands of people start swarming around, running around this fiery, huge fiery thing. And there are these dust um, tornadoes that happen out there, right? Because this is a big, flat, dusty area. Sometimes there's these windstorms that call it, they're called whiteouts because it just gets so 
white. You can't see anything, these storms, right? But sometimes they turn into tornadoes, and you can see these huge dust devil storms, um, dust devils pop up. And there happened to be one forming right over the fire of the man, and boom, it touches down on the freaking man, and fire soars up into the air in a fiery tornado. And I swear to you, God was right in that freaking thing looking at us just like, yeah, I get it. And it was insane. And like the only thing that could have been more powerful and insane would have been like to see literally the face of God, <laughs> you know, form in this fiery tornado. But as far as I was concerned, that was pretty much already happening. And to, and then all of a sudden to see this, everybody just get swept up in this, in this rapture of, you know, fire and tribal and um, energy. <sighs> yeah, it's amazing. But it's also like partly terrifying, right? It's like, and, you know, I, I was just, like, trying to, I, you know, there's a part of me that wanted to go run with people, but there was a part of me that was like, dude, no, stay here for your own safety because you could be the guy that runs into this freaking thing like a madman. And um, and I know, again, that sounds like, and there's a part of me that's like, oh, you're just being overdramatic. There's a part of me that says, well, let's look at other things you've been overdramatic about and, like, almost killed yourself with, like riding a motorcycle, like snowboarding and trying to do crazy tricks, you know, on the spur of the moment. Like, my ego has tried to kill me before, right? So I'm not... I'm not trying to tempt it with something like this. And um and so then it was like it subsided and went over and it's just like, dude, that was that was insane. That was so beyond insane just levels beyond, right? Levels beyond. And um and that was that was it. And then, you know, the wind down and the decompression and all that. It's a lot, friends. That was my first year. That was my first burn. And um some of the highlights and some of the, the awesome things so many things more things than i could ever put into words of course but just want to hit some of the big ones and um and i'm going to do a couple more episodes on burning man because i did go two other years and i had uh some some similar experiences and some very different experiences and so um and there's this cool bumper sticker that just pulled in front of me i hope something good happens to you today It's a good one, friend. It's a good one. Go get it. All right. Burning Man. Make it happen if you haven't. But Or don't. You know, it's it's not for everybody. It's certainly not for everybody. It's intense. Wildly intense. Uh, for couples, I think it's tenfold intense. I never attended with my life partner, and I don't think – I'm not sure if I ever would. If I would, I'd have to clamp it up real good, and uh, she'd probably only last for a couple of days. There'd be parts she'd really like, and there'd be parts that she would totally hate. So I'm not going to push that one. But I do want to get my boy out there um, some year eventually just to see the art and to experience the whole thing and the music. So we'll see. No promises, but that's uh, something that could happen in the future. But that's it, friends. That was uh, Burning Man year one for me. And, um, yeah, the next time was uh, The American Dream. And that was a good year, and I'll get into that on an upcoming episode, so please stay tuned. And until next time, my friend, be flowing. <laughs>